this is another episode of Invite the Neighbors with your host, Brian Porter. Yes. And Luca's here too. Hi, Luca. Uh, sat down with fucking Spencer Hitchcock, who is in Tequila Deer. He is in a bunch of different things that we go into on the podcast, but also one of the newest additions to my band in a daydream. He's going to be playing bass for us. We rehearsed today at my house with, uh, along with Charlie Gerard from Glass Pieces and playing acoustic guitar in a band, in our band, and it's sounding really cool. Really excited about that. Just stoked to be adding another element to the live show. Um, but yeah, we just we were talking outside on my porch, and I was like, hey, you know, this seems like we should. We're talking about music, talking about the scene, or whatever. Fire up the podcast if you want. And he's like, yeah, sure. Blah blah blah. Uh, and yeah, we just kind of shot the shit for like an hour, as we are one to do on this podcast. Uh, I felt like there were some definitely some good moments, just like most episodes. It was kind of aimless and wasn't really anything we were promoting all that much, but we just had a you know, decent discussion. So if you're into deep discussions about music and life and all that stuff, which you probably are if you're here listening to this podcast, then you know, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode of us. Meandering through nonsense land. Spencer Haithcock. Now we're hot. We're hot on the microphone. I was just looking at the uh, nice array of stickers on the back of your laptop here. Yeah, what are I don't even remember like what all is on there. Uh, there's some uh, good Chicago Music Exchange back here. Ooh, it looks like you took like the sticker that comes on the plastic part of a Reliant K record and peeled yep. it off the plastic part. I have that tattooed also. Really, the name the I'll sticker? Show you. No, the the font that says "Forget and Not Slow Down." <laughs> I love Reliant K. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll show you. It's fucking that. That is awesome. They were like one of my favorite bands, like when I was like in like junior high school, probably younger than that. Probably like 14. Oh, Brian is taking off his shirt for the listeners now. Taking off. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Did you? I really loved uh, mm-hmm when I was a kid. Oh, dude. That was one of my favorite mm-hmm records. Mm-hmm is a fucking dope ass that. And uh, that was what really got me into them. And uh, forget not slow down when Everyone, I, I, I people used to tell me i looked like matt Thiessen, and i was you like, kind of do dude that was the only celebrity lookalike that i ever got and i was like that's kind of a very specific one but not a bad one because like i grew yeah. up wanting to make music so i was like oh hey dude, this so guy glad is you this like ugly Brian like K. they're great them and switchfoot was probably like the first band i ever saw live yeah, that was one of those bands. Like I was when I was younger, I liked them, and then like they became like Creed status to me. Though I was well, I saw them in the weirdest way too, because I was like, okay, nerd alert. But I was in Boy Scouts when I was a kid, and I was like twelve years old at like Boy Scout camp one summer. Were you a good Boy Scout? I got like Eagle, nice. just because like I joined when I was like in kindergarten right and i was like oh well i want to get eagle like, yeah i told I myself back Scouts. then that it was like a big thing for me to get eagle um like i think probably just because i like watched too much like naruto at the time when i wanted like a or like pokemon and too many stupid cartoons as a kid and i was like i want a big goal so who like, in the diy scene do you think would be the most likely to the, succeed in the scouts in the scouts yeah oh god i, I don't mine. know i hate to think about I immediately think colin i like hate the bsa like honestly hi this is an eagle scout saying that but like they're it's just not a good organization i don't think um but i will say that like i wanted to like 
finish this goal that I set for myself when I was a kid. So like by the time I was like 13 or 14, I was kind of like not into it anymore, but I just yeah. wanted to do it. Cause I told myself I would. So I was it's like, okay. I mean, are you pretty outdoorsy? Like, do you Oh yeah. I mean like skills from it. I like, I actually have this job. I'll talk about this in a second because it kind of plays into some other stuff, but I have this job in the summertime sometimes where I run away to the woods and get paid to just canoe trip. And oh yeah, I think you were telling me about that. Yeah, so like, I don't know, I'm excited. I'm going back up this summer after like not, or at least I'm trying to go back up this summer after not being up there for a couple of years, which is nice. Anyway, so the reason I was talking about Boy Scouts is that um, when I was like 12, we I went to this Boy Scout camp down in like Virginia, I think, or like near DC and they had switch foot play. Oh. It was like this big, like national, uh, like jamboree or convention yeah. thing. And so this Sweet. is like the first time I had ever seen, like, I mean, I had seen live music before, but I never gotten to see like a rock band. Before. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so, so I was sweet, like, dude. Oh, this is awesome. Like I was thinking about it for ages. And then, yeah. um, I think I started getting into like hello hurricane around the same time. And that was also like when MCR was really big. So oh, dude, that was my shit. That was like, like what for sweet turned revenge. me on to like, like wanting to make music. I think it was Good just like finding, finding that kind of community. The big thing for me too, was that the use too. I never, I, they, I mean, I was always aware of them because they were so, like, adjacent to MCR, but, yeah, like, right. I was definitely an MCR kid. Um, oh, yeah, dude, same. See, I think my favorite thing about it was that, like, I love the idea of just taking negative, like, taking pain or Turning whatever negative things and making something positive out of it. Like, that's the goal for me in music is to sort of, like, I don't know, it's always been, like, this escape from, like, yeah, for me, an escape from like my depression or like dealing with the shit going on around me or whatever I need to escape from. Um, There's been times when like I'll show because I completely agree. I'll, like I'll show lyrics to a friend or something, and I'll be really happy about, and they'll be like, "Are you okay?" Right. And I'll be like, "Yeah, you don't realize like I." The fact that I create this means like I took right. this piece of me and I turned it into something on the I can be proud of. Side of, of that, I kind of though, I mean, it, like, know? there's like, I mean, there's there's a anything which is one of the tequila Deer songs that i like was the first time i wrote all the lyrics for a song you did and, and released it i mean i had been writing lyrics since i was a kid but like when we started that band it was ty writing all the lyrics and he had most of the songs beforehand gotcha he's really fucking good by the way i remember that oh yeah the ty, performance. ty like needs to be in like some 41 or something or, yeah i would say his songwriting reminds me a lot of max bemis but i think that's a good thing some people might not i'm he sorry was if you one know. of my all-time favorite songwriters that's why like all the i would attribute most of like the weird structuring in the songs i write to like loving is a real boy like i'm an angsty bisexual so i can't not love max bemis right i understand he's problematic but also he was always like kind of like the little like mentally ill like role model for me growing up and now i've kind of looked back and been like oh that shouldn't be like a role model <laughs> like, well, also he was 19 when he wrote is a real boy a lot of people don't realize that. right you know he's if you listen to interviews with him oh, he was that recording recent, in his dorm room I, if you go back and listen to like even like some of the like early demos and stuff which is kind of always yeah. been like one of my favorite like, like menorah mahora sort of uh-huh. stuff. yeah or like all my friends and stuff it's uh a lot punkier but like those demos he was literally making in his like dorm room at Wesleyan or something. And that was a big thing for me when I, I mean, possibly in a negative way when I was like 18, 19 myself in a dorm room at Eastern. Cause I was just like writing all these songs and like being a handful of shitty demos. And that was around the time that we started tequila deer. It wasn't called that then, but I was like, 
I think I kind of like it, like idolize Venus because of that, because mm. I was like extremely depressed at the time without, I mean, I was aware of the fact that I was really depressed, but I mean, I was just like not able to get myself to classes. So yeah. You're not really, like, really identifying with your environment, but here you have like this music that right. is Right. Like, so I would just sit in my room you. and write or play guitar or whatever. I mean, that was always like the escape for me was just like playing music. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It was like nice to see that somebody can make something out of that. Yeah. But then also weird to sort of, go back and look at a lot of the content or like the lyrics and what the songs are about from more of a mature understanding is kind of like, especially like in the lens of like toxic masculinity and what, sort of, would you have any examples like that? Did that come I to mean, mind? Like, like look at like, Oh my God, what is it called? Like, wow, I can get sexual too. Yeah. In 2020, wouldn't it be a thing? I don't think. I think like it d- depends though, because I feel like some, even way more risque things can hide behind genre like right i think oh in right i mean i think some... about that in general like look at the sort of and i don't think this is a bad thing that we make sure that we're not like supporting shitty people in this sort of like scene and this like the kind of music that we like play and listen to but i think like in the if you look at the hip-hop scene right you have yeah like rappers who are like praised for like being in prison or like having like murdered people and stuff extremely misogynist or i mean you look at like xxx was a massive like piece of shit from everything i've heard about that person so um extremely like racy and like often misogynistic lyrics too right but like but that doesn't mean i mean listen just because there's bad shit going on in one genre doesn't mean that like they're should be bad shit going on in every genre. I don't right, think that right. It's like a, a positive thing. I just think that like it, it's always something I've thought about though. Like yeah, oh, I think this- there's a disproportionate amount of like anger placed on the things. I think there's definitely validity to like yes, we shouldn't support shitty people, and yet I think sometimes examples get made out of things that don't necessarily deserve to be the things that they're making example right. out personally of, like, i can't stand the whole separate the art from the artist argument because i yeah that's that's i think if one. you're an artist your art is your greatest extension of yourself that you have i think yeah. it's like i don't know i can't go back and like listen to like brand new without getting like physically sick i feel like but um or at least for a while it's a weird thing dude trust me brand new was my favorite band you know like it's it's definitely weird because you know this this comes up somewhat often you know just because like i I naturally you'll end up talking about things like i mean so many people still listen to them yeah and are just like either blissfully unaware or just don't seem to care i really don't know what it is but it's not like they aren't still like relevant Right, no, they Even there's there's groups on Facebook where people are buying and selling their shit for like a ton of money. Now that right. they're not making anything new, um, I mean, obviously they had to stop. The way I kind of feel about it is like definitely torn between one caring and empathizing and like caring about victims and like caring about like what it would mean for somebody who ever had something like that happen to them to see brand new and to think like the power that they still have just by existing you mm-hmm. know what i mean like I, I definitely get that and then at the same time like in terms of jesse lacy himself i think like he it, obviously it's wrong it's not a, a hot statement to say he, it's wrong what he did obviously right right that's the obvious thing but like 
am I able to say that like he's redeemable as a person? Like I, I just feel like I'm not qualified mm. to say that like I don't know about someone that. is or is not. Right. I'm not saying for me. I'm not saying he needs to redeem himself to me. I'm saying like there's are there people Listen, in his like, life. I think that, like he like, has a wife. Like if his wife like understands him completely, is she a bad person too? Or like. I mean, you know at I mean? the very least, like, whether or not, like, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, nobody can, like, decide what is, like, if a person could ever be redeemable. But I think that, like, he used, misused the platform that he had yeah. in order to sexually manipulate people. That's, like, I don't think he should have that kind of platform, number one. Oh, right. And, right. Then, like, obviously, that's not really up for debate, but... I don't know. I don't think it really matters that much. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it's just try and redeem him. No, no, it's not that I'm trying to like me personally trying to redeem him or trying. I'm not saying like, does he deserve to come back into the limelight and have that? I'm just saying like, I can disagree with what he did. Obviously it's right. Obviously without thinking that like every single line he ever wrote was tainted. You mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I love the whole band so much too, that like it's, it's a really, especially weird thing. Like, cause there's so much that's not Jesse Lacey. That's that's how I felt a lot about, uh, like sorority noise. Cause they were one of my favorite, like they weren't like heroes of mine growing up in high school. Um, and I had stopped listening to them for a while after that stuff came out. Yeah, I did stumble. Admittedly, like I kind of stumbled back across one of their songs, and I was like, "Oh, I still remember like having a connection with this." I can't say I like went and like added them back into like my library or anything, but it was like weird to think about how just yeah. sort of I don't know. You kind of like taint the thing you created if you're an artist and you do something like that. Yeah, it's 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 another thing that makes it difficult is because. One for me, it never was about Jesse Lacey as a person. It was always about what the songs meant to right, me. Right, exactly. You know, and so like I can never I let go of lot. what it like, means I mean, to like, me. Sorority noise. Like I had a, I drove a Volvo back in high school, and when I was nineteen, that shit burnt down on the side of the highway. <laughs> Damn. Um, driving through Detroit, and so it was like really surreal to me. Like I mean, I forgot how much I loved like driving in that Volvo and singing along with that like one line they've got about like me and my Volvo will be fine. Yeah. That was like, you know, like I always heard that and thought someone has a Volvo and that, that was an actually an- that, that extra. was like my anthem in high school. Cause I was driving a Volvo and then the thing burnt down. But like by that point, um, I think that was like the spring after that shit came out about them. So I had like kind of stopped listening. To them. I honestly don't even know what the full, what really it was with them. We don't have to get into it yeah. on air just cause you know, but it kind of got, it was kind of just like private stuff that got dragged out. It was like a whole dramatic thing in the midst of sort of the peak of like uh cancel culture, I guess, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. I don't think any of that is like negative. I think progress is a good thing. Oh yeah. I think so. But I do think there's some people that just like with any social movement, people will hijack it and try to make it their own when right. it's not. Oh, you definitely have a lot of people just looking to squeeze clout out of yeah. I, um, what you'll like commonly hear to um, referred to as like, Oh gosh, what do people always call it? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> Not like moral campaigning. Oh, virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. That's always the term you hear. 
Yeah, that's the Which name. That's gonna be the name of our EP. I don't know why that word. This happened when I talked with the Tequila Beer podcast. I couldn't remember the word spectrum. Spectrum. To anyone like who listened to that and heard me like have a massive brain fart, that was kind of terrifying. Yeah, I remember that your brain exploded all over that podcast. That was fun. His brain was ripping ass the entire time. I was like, dude, I don't know what that means. Anyway, you said brain fart. I just extended it. I'm high. It was a good bit. It, was a good bit. <laughs> it wasn't a good bit, dude. What's What's been one of your favorite podcasts? One of my favorite podcasts to listen. I'm not listened to a lot of them. I kind of like I listen to the ones that I know people on. Yeah, most of. The, I'm just cur- curious if like if there's. I'm sure there's some people that listen hmm. to all of them. I guess it was. I liked the dog leg one. That was cool at the beginning because it was yeah. like it had it been like I mean you had a touring band on I think and maybe some kind of quote unquote bigger bands but that was like the first time I was yeah. like oh hey man I really like because I'm here this yeah. is cool yeah no it was like it was really cool and the way that the podcast is kind of like taken shape and kind of not blown up right blown up but like the the you relevance like they brought factor into it you think yeah yeah nice. like that that was helpful pretorio's See, episode was, helpful. was one of the first bands i think that sort of made me like realize there was something like a diy scene going on like two years yeah. ago or so because i grew when I, when I grew up out in shelby township utica area and it's like very suburban out there to yeah. the point where there's just like nothing going on it's like middle class but like like not like there's not really that many problems there and there's not really that much right good going on so it was just kind of like an easy childhood but at the same time there was like it was boring there you know so there was no like music scene um dude i went to u of m and i had no idea the entire time that i don't understand you must have been like have a sleep i was uh, such a hermit and like so in my own head and like i was writing music and i was recording it but see i not finding people to play it, it must with. i think sorrow fest was kind of like one of the first um times that i found any like real local bands that were sort of more in the sort of emo pocket which was mm-hmm. what i was kind of trying to go for musically i think so that was interesting to me it was like i think the first time i saw them was probably at west cross station which is like the bar that i like kind of live behind oh okay and um out in Ypsilanti, I mean. And so it was like just just the energy of their live show is crazy to me. Um, I think like I'm saying um too much. But anyways, I think that just caught my attention and I started looking at a lot of parallel bands and realizing that like oh there's people here like making music on their own. Yeah. Uh, like basement shows aren't just a thing that happen in like high school movies. Right, um, right. Or modern baseball music videos. It was like, okay, this is like a whole countrywide thing. Right. And it also was just like the idea of like finding um a connection, I think, on a community yeah. was really neat to me. It was like when I heard about the DIY tour postings page, I realized that it was like a I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking crazy. This isn't just college towns. This right. Is like, a thing this and it has been for such a long time i just never knew see i was talking to someone recently who had never been to i mean more than like a handful of concerts yeah um, and they've probably only seen like the big produ- produced ones or right whatever. right exactly and not even like i can't remember what band specifically but like this person had only been to like 
literally like enough concerts to count them on like you know fingers you know and i was like trying to think like how many shows have i been to in the last year or two years and i don't i don't even know how many shows i've played in the last two years to be honest with you yeah i didn't keep track last year not there's been i mean it was easy when it was just one band but like in the last year i've played with like okay let's let's think i guess i'll go through the list here because i was going to talk about stuff oh yeah yeah um tequila beer and then USU Joy Life for a while, and then played Bloodfest with Complainer. Uh, helped Tyler fill out Varsity Letter for a little while. In a day now, so now we're at five. And then I guess ship and sail. Sometimes I do the trumpet for. So it's like grown exponentially since like I was just starting to do shit. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how I keep continuing to like meet very amazing talented people, but it <laughs> keeps happening. And I keep thinking like it's gonna stop happening just because right. like something will like not go the way I really wanted it to and I'll be like, oh God, this is the end of the world. Right. And like shit works out eventually. Like it's just started like within the last year started working out for me. Right. To the point where it's like, oh wow, I can actually hatch an idea right and, and see it actually work like the podcast was just an idea that it was working i'm like holy shit this is what this is the model of that i said it would this is how i said it would work mm-hmm. and it's working that way what the fuck like i can do this it was crazy for me like um playing Bloodfest with complainer for example was that must have been awesome it was fantastic a lot of fun because i had grown up going to Bloodfest. so when i was probably like 15 or 16 i told myself like i want to play this someday and then when, when i was like 18 or so and we started tequila deer i was like all right we need a like local sh-. i didn't still yeah. really know about the local scene yet but i knew Bloodfest was a thing so i was mm-hmm. like all right let's try and play Bloodfest by 2020 so that was my big thing for like years was like Bloodfest awesome. by 2020 and i thought us was gonna get on it and didn't it uh-uh. and so i was like fuck i didn't do it yeah that's one of the i was late to the game on mm-hmm. never had a chance to do that it would have been really fun but like a month beforehand <laughs> we played a varsity letter show i might have talked about this on the podcast last time i'm sorry if i did oh it's all good we played a varsity letter show though and we covered creep and i did like a little trumpet solo over the end of it oh that's pretty tight and uh micah i had forgotten a cable so I drove all the way home, which is only like a 10 minute drive because I live in Ipsy. Yeah. And then like realized I forgot like my backpack with all the cables in it. And so like we <laughs> unloaded and I like texted Mike and drove back to their house and um, got the cables. And while I'm like grabbing them, they're like, oh, by the way, I forgot to ask you. And it's totally fine if not. Like being all coy about it too. And yeah. Like if you like asked me if I wanted to play Bloodfest with them, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Because like, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is like that whole week I had been like bummed about U.S. not playing it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "It's never gonna happen now." And then I'm like, "Is anyone gonna ask me to prom?" Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then your crush does. <laughs> I got asked to DIY prom, but not the actual DIY prom. I didn't go to that one. Oh yeah, I, didn't I wish I had gone to that. I'm going to Snowcello though. And I'm stoked for Snowcello. What day is that? Let's find out. Let's do a little bit of advertising. Because if I'm free, I'm going to go do a podcast there, I think. Ooh, always got to chase that clout, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was, That was completely isn't ironic. It like, isn't it like anyway. the 25th, maybe? I'm looking, I'm looking right now. I'm going to tell you. It's uh, sponsored by Chillwave Records. Uh, Summit Shack presents Snowcello at Howard Club H. Saturday, January 25th, 2020. It's an mm. all-ages event featuring plans, yeah. and petty theft, and former critics, 
and Ooh. punched drunk tagalongs. Played a show with them. Yeah, I was sweet. at that show. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Complainer. Complainer played that show too, but yep. it was a different iteration. Yep. Um, Gray Matter, The Weekdays, Bombastic Mover Dream Shaker, Pussy. I think, right? Is Mover Shaker? Oh yeah, Mover Shaker is playing at twelve o'clock. Oh boy, is that twelve o'clock in the in the Probably middle midnight. of the night? I'm gonna guess like midnight. Oh boy, yeah. I guess uh, someone's gonna. Some people are gonna be sleepy. I'm not gonna be able to go. You got Timonade and Hospital Bracelet. Hospital Bracelet I just saw at Pat's house, and oh my god, they're, they're from amazing. Chicago, right? Uh, they're from somewhere that's not Michigan. I think Charlie uh, was talking to them, trying to book something in Chicago. They're really good. Yeah, Mango Tree out. also is very cool. They're coming on here. They just played with Dogleg at the Love and Touch tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're coming on like next week or something. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just like see a band a lot, so I'll just randomly be like, "All right, come on the podcast." I'll try right. to try to reel them in. Why not? Just cast a wide net, you know, and then plenty of I get enough to keep me busy, you know, but and that's all you can really ask for. You don't have any shortage. Yeah. Anyways, what were we talking about? Mineral, probably. We can talk. Oh about- yeah. <laughs> you well, yeah. You said like we how you about mineral. thought mineral we sound. I had my band had some sounds like right. You know, I'm like, oh well, you seem well, to be any, smiling. Any you say loud, that so like any I don't loud know, guitars. I think is a little bit like reflective or not reflective, but like the, the quiet realized. loud, like the dynamic back. And yeah. Forth. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about them, but I don't know. They were, they were the big band for me. Anyone who knows me, it's just a fucking meme at this point. Yeah. Um, but I, I grew up like, I remember okay. seeing them when I was living in the dorms at Eastern and watching like old videos of on YouTube and yeah, just like seeing like, I mean, the recording quality was awful on these videos, but yeah. it was like you could see the the energy was just so raw and in the Cathartic. moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I just fucking I fell in love with it, you know. And when they came and announced that they were like doing a reunion tour, it was like mind blowing for me. So seeing them live was just. I don't know. I can only imagine what it must have been like when they were yeah, when like they were in their prime, but yeah. it was still just like larger than life, really. Yeah, that would be so fucking crazy. Like, I there's definitely bands that like I really like that I never got to see live. That if they all of a sudden just got back together, it would be like holy shit. Right, and see, like they're like especially with the vocals. Like, if, I mean, if you go back and listen, like Chris Simpson's got this project called the Gloria Record. That's a he like sings and does the guitars and then I don't really know what, if, if there's other members in that project or what, but I actually just kind of found this other project like this week, but it's been really interesting because it's a lot more like the vocals sound a lot nicer. Like he hits yeah. his notes a lot better in these recordings. So it's like, Oh Christ to think about like if those old mineral recordings had had like the like vocal quality and production quality, um, that I feel like they could have had. It's like this would have been yeah. amazing. Sometimes though, like there'll be instances where like Kevin Devine, like he put out a song or a record with the song cotton crush on it, which right. was like his probably his first like hit. And later on down the road, he re-recorded it mm-hmm. when he had better equipment and I didn't like it nearly as much as I liked the original version. Yeah. Sometimes like you, you get you capture a good energy even though it's not the best oh yeah oh yeah and at least if nothing else it is 
just I don't know. I think there's something to just sort of recordings that are a little bit out of pocket and don't just like the dog leg. Their their second EP probably right. is an I mean, example. I'm pretty didn't Alex record all of those himself? Yeah, which yeah. is awesome to me. Um, yeah, we talked about it when when they were here. I also, I mean, we talked about Tanner's album earlier and that. That's amazing to me, dude. As far that's as genius. like out of pocket sounding recordings, that's fantastic to me. That kind of was a big like inspiration for me to like kind of art. try and get out of just the idea of recording songs in a like fancy room. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I got this little like Zoom H5, which is a multi track recorder basically. Oh, okay. And I'm kind of excited to do something. It's a cassette. With it. No, it's it's a digital multi-track recorder, oh, sweet. but it is basically it's two stereo X and Y like mic pods. Okay, I'm just gonna like run away to the woods and do a bunch of stuff in Stevens. You basically stuff. just plug a mixer into it and then plug the. You could. It does have two XLR inputs on it. Also. Okay, two inputs then. So it's got two inputs and it's got gotcha. this mic. I mean, it might have more than that. I've not really barely used hmm. the thing. Yeah, I want to start doing. I mean, number one. It, I like that it gives me the ability to go record songs in the woods. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a big thing for me is like the placement for me um, really affects what comes out artistically. Oh, yeah, dude. For There's sure. this guy, Tom Thompson, that kind of is like this inspiration for kind of a project I want to do this summer. That I don't want to like talk about too, too much because I, it's not a thing yet. Yeah. Um, but I kind of like general plan is just record some songs in the woods when I'm up doing this canoe guide job. Um, I've always loved the idea of like having a project with the name Burnt Root, which is a lake up there. And I kind of, I think we touched on that name actually when yeah, the came on. Familiar, actually. I've always wanted to start a band after that lake or named after that lake. Um, and for years I really didn't know what it was going to be, but yeah. I think the idea kind of hit me sometime in November I'm still kind of fleshing out what I want the project to be because it's a lot softer than like the loud like emo punk music I've been playing for yeah. the last few years. I th- it's good to have like another outlet for a different side of you, though. Right. It's been an interesting like exploration, like playing, like picking up a mandolin. Um, yeah. It's been, I fucking love them. Yeah, I definitely have songs that now now that I'm like figuring out what in a daydream really is. I have other mm-hmm. songs where I'm like, okay, well, this is like. A different thing yeah. yeah and so like i have a that's in, kind of in the back of my mind down the road doing like a solo right project. i mean though even though this is i like, mean in a daydream is kind of yeah but like you know like a connor oberst bright versus bright eyes sort of thing fair like yeah. more of like the the connor oberst side of things would be i thought it would be cool to name it uppers and downers because uh just it's i think it's just like a catchy little name right like i write sometimes sad songs there's actually songs. there's this list of eric andre's uh imaginary band names and one of them is the uppers that i've always thought oh, that's would cool. be hilarious band name. but there's also some very interesting band names on there gotta love eric andre did we ever talk about like what were some really bad band names yeah i think we talked about that yeah. I'm, i need to ask more bands there like the band names that didn't make it as yeah a segment yeah that's oh my god like i remember there's a band called surviving third oh yeah i've heard that makes no sense surviving one two third i mean at the end of the day all every band name is fucking stupid like yeah i I don't think there's what's like your favorite band name of like another band like locally or in general just in general i don't know i feel like it doesn't really i don't know if i have favorite bands for their name I think it's more of the music that I like. Yeah, I never really to. thought about to think about like favorite band names. Yeah, like what's like, like really. I guess Alex like Sunny Day Real Estate kind of sounds kind of cool, but also it's kind of stupid. I mean, like, what is that? 
real estate. It's free. Yeah. Yeah. It, when you think about it, a lot band names can be really just, just random. Reliant yeah. K. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I mean, Switchfoot was always, I thought that was cool growing up. Yeah. That was a really cool band name. Fallout Boy is a good one. I like that uh, one a lot. Do you know how they got that name? Didn't it? They were just no, like playing a show and they were like, yeah, we don't have a name. And someone just yelled it out of the crowd. I, I heard that story before, but I can't remember what it was necessarily. Band names that aren't good. The Academy is. Makes no sense. <laughs> There's a lot of bad band names. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's just like picking a fucking username. Yeah. Like you got to, you pick it when you're a kid and then you're like, oh Christ, I'm going to be called like XX coffee boy for the rest of my life yeah. or whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, fuck. Adding numbers onto band names is weird. I to like, me. and I'm like, and there's a certain respect. Like some 41 band names that just don't care. And like Hoobastank? Like, Hoobastank. <laughs> I still think Bombastic Dream Pussy is the best band name Oh, ever. yeah, that, that's... So that's, that's going to be my answer for what band name is awesome. But, uh... That's a good one. Like how Tyler's band is Parkway in Columbia, but he said there's, like, no real significance to it. I don't like, like that. It's just kind of... I mean, I don't cool. get me wrong. Parkway in Columbia is a fine name. I mean, like, yeah. I don't... I don't know. I feel like everything should have some... Either, like, be funny or, like, mean something. Yeah, but it's also, like that's what kind of the beauty is like different people view their shit differently. And no matter what, it's, it's still going to be an expression of like who they are. Mm-hmm. If like just even making that decision right. is like kind of an expression of, of something. Right. You know, have I, you ever, have you ever had anyone, I'm tar- sorry to steer things in a complete oh, 180. No, I don't care. Have you ever had anyone interview you on the podcast? No, but I've kind of thought about, uh, what that would be like a well, little bit. What do you like? See, yourself doing in the next five years <laughs> that's an awful interview question i don't know what would i ask you in an interview no. let's get down to the real topics brian like would you rather fight 50 duck-sized horses <laughs> or one horse-sized duck uh okay 50 duck-sized horses um or one horse-sized duck probably the horse-sized duck that's because, the hero's choice yeah yeah because it's probably gonna be slow you can get around the behind it and you know, try to fuck it up. Somebody told me once that he was a biology major. Biology major. Those are two A biology major? Biology. <laughs> and he um, told me that a, a duck that size would collapse under the weight of its own. Like the Stupidity. bones are, well, the bones are hollow. They're birds. Oh. And so he said that it would collapse, but I don't, I don't know about that. Depends if we're at land or at I sea. always liked the idea of riding this duck, but. I also think that the 50 duck-sized horses I've been told are very puntable. I got excited for a second thinking you were actually going to interview Actual me. interview? <laughs> I was actually going to come up with some actual questions. I deflected with stupid bullshit like I usually do when I'm stressed out. But I was going to say, like, who would you think of as your, like, top, like, bands that you would want to play with? Like, so, like, I've gotten, I don't okay. know how the hell I got to play with, like, Foxing and Rainbow Drive this year and stuff, but, yeah, like, that was really cool. To, or, like, even Bloodfest, like, there was, like, bands on there that I never could, if you told, like, 16-year-old me, like, hey, yeah. you're gonna play at the same time as the Wonder Years in this high school in Howell or wherever, yeah. I would be like, what the fuck are you saying to me right now? Get right. It? Like, I um, think, uh, for me, it'd be Manchester Orchestra, um circus survive radiohead obviously <laughs> i mean that, that almost like doesn't count you know but like the early november would be one okay uh yeah early november manchester orchestra are there any from like the last couple of, like bands that are like i mean okay, foxing, not, that, not that like manchester would be orchestra amazing. is like turnover or foxing 
Right. Or Citizen would be sweet. I love Citizen. I'm probably going to go see them when they come here next. Yeah. But Manchester Orchestra would be the, the number one. With a bullet. That's a good like, one. I like their, top their live show is insane. I've never seen them live. I don't Dude, think, they're so like fucking notch. good. Like, they're so, like, they put an emphasis on having the live shows be just heavy. They play a lot of the loud stuff. Right. You know, and it's it's just so good. They sound so clean. Bad books would be one that'd be fucking awesome to play with. I fucking love bad books. Like full band bad books. Is a bop. Yes, dude. Did you listen to three? I've not listened to bad books since I was probably a senior in high school. Um, but a friend of mine in high school liked them a lot, and we like actually covered of one of their songs one time. It but, never stops. Such a fucking good song, dude. Yeah, they're good. So you haven't listened to the third album? I haven't listened to them in oh, long okay. enough to remember their albums even. Oh, when well, the come third out, one just came out last year. Then I definitely haven't listened to it. It's like, it's all acoustic, but they do a bunch of uh, weird production stuff, like weird little sounds and things like that. Nice. It's, it's it's actually pretty cool. At first I was hoping for more full band because I loved right. the second album so much. But once I kind of let go of that and just saw it for what it was, it's pretty enjoyable. Do you know Mansions? mentions no they're one of my favorite have been one of my favorite bands for a long time and they're a little bit like it's nice like i have found like a couple other people around here in like the music scene like them but before that i never found anyone else who even knew who the fuck they were and i was like mm. oh so good but they kind of changed up their sound a lot with one of their um they had this album dig up the dead which was like very like i would describe it as almost sounding tired like not, oh. in a, not in like tired as in like it's been overdone but like um it just is sort of this like i don't even know what genre i suck at knowing what genre stuff is but it would just have this like very like somehow like fills up the the like slacker sentence. sort of vibe not not slacker really like this guy when you listen to him you're just like oh he's just fucking tired <laughs> like he sounds oh. tired <laughs> oh wow not almost in like a way that they sort of make this music that like i always loved it because if it wouldn't like it was very neutral you know i wouldn't yeah. say that it was sad or happy music it was like almost like perfectly like just flat okay. but without being like not to say it was boring at all right, i feel like i've been right. really bad i think i know what you're trying thing. to say though just like on an emotional level i mean um i, I always like that a lot but as they got into their later stuff they like kind of like went from this like sort of like bedroom rocky maybe you could call it to like a very fuzzed out sound mm. which i still like a lot but it was just like going through the discography and like getting attached to yeah. one sound and then they completely well, some bands like really do that well change from album to album like as cities burn i don't know if you know that i don't know them. yeah they have like one album that's really ambient like quiet clean just like big sounding and then they have like a southern rock sounding like indie emo rock sort of thing it's just they have had a lot of different yeah. sounds and they've done them all fairly well, which I really like when a band can do that. Mm -hmm. Manchester Orchestra is another one. That I feel like they do a pretty good job of that. Foxing looks like they're trying to do that, you know? Right. I mean, I will say, I like good on them for making something new and like doing what they want to do, but I did like the old stuff a lot. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they still play it too. You right. Know, obviously. Right. And it's also like there's a million other bands that sound like that right now. So I yeah. like, I'm glad that they're doing something kind of outside of that little bubble. 
Yeah. I feel like it's a really easy bubble to stay inside of. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, and then it's not a bad bubble to be in. But also, it's like, they are four people that have such different influences, and they all want to do their own thing. Like, I've read interviews with them, and, like, they, are, they argue a lot mm-hmm. about direction to go. And, like, I think them staying together as a band is going to produce a lot of interesting stuff because they all want their influences right. to be felt. You right. Know? I think that's something good with any project is sort of to have like a variety of influences, but it then can also lead to sort of a variety of like, um, whatever like goal you have in mind or like, yeah, potential outcome, I guess I'd say. Yeah. And like, you want to make sure that there's enough clarity Mm-hmm. with the with the direction and the goal that it doesn't sound so like without an identity right you know what i mean you want to have an identity but still have like a variety within it that's the it's kind of the trick you know so what i'm trying to do is like write songs that don't bore me because it's like each song feels like its own thing but also is there going to be enough to where people feel like this is all the same band, this all makes coherent sense to exist together on the same record, sort of thing. What do you think that? I and mean, this is kind of a big question, so if like there's not an answer, that's fine. But like, what do you think that you want to say with those songs? Just like this first record, yeah. Uh, I think what I want to say is like, well, it talks a lot about loss mm-hmm. and like my best friend passing away, and like one of the bigger themes is that like sometimes you can feel like, like everything is against you. Like there's no rhyme or reason to anything. You can be just like so out of it, depressed and so discouraged. And yet, and, and think and start turning that in on yourself and like really not liking yourself and blaming yourself for things. And there's always a way out of that. Mm -hmm. And that like, if you, another theme is loyalty to like my friend, like he's, gone but like still thinking of him the same way and like keeping him alive like through my actions and like through like honoring his memory in different ways and like the loyalty that just that sort of feeling that when someone is like a family to you like there's a spiritual side of things right like i know i think i know you mean kind of bigger than yourself sort of thing and that i think attaching to me attaching to that and like attaching to like my what i feel is true for me as far as like my purpose for being here and things like that it's that that will like take me out of those like dark pits. Right. And so writing music about those dark times is my way of doing that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like taking that, you talked about it, like taking these difficult things and turning them into something beautiful, you know, something positive out of. Yeah. Right. I mean, like it's interesting that like you touched on the flowers too. Yeah. Like flowers grow out of like dirt and shit. (laughs) Like, right. Um, that makes makes a lot of sense kind of like thinking about like what a lot of the sort of stuff i hear in the lyrics a lot are because that's one of the things i've been like trying to piece together the last couple times i've seen you yeah i like when i like when people actually like have something that they're singing about though and so yeah of sort of writing songs about nothing yeah it definitely adds like a layer of vulnerability like it's it can be kind of embarrassing sometimes i feel embarrassed I to like i don't play. think so though i mean look at the most popular i i mean not that you just want to make something that would be popular but like look at the songs that are popular right now they're all like like every mom jeans song is just like some like unsent long text message yeah i feel like i don't get me wrong i fucking love mom jeans but like 
it's I don't know. There's something to being vulnerable. I think in yeah. your music. I think that's not a negative thing whatsoever. And I mean, trust me, I spent a lot of time like thinking, like, oh, I gotta separate myself from my lyrics. Like, what if this person knows this is like about like yeah th- what it's about or whatever. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, you just gotta. I mean, like, make sure your intentions are straight and right, which like when i hear a lot of these like unrequited love songs i wonder like why are you writing this but yeah. other than that i don't think there's really anything wrong to being as vulnerable as you can be in your music well i definitely don't let it stop me right you know what i mean like like i was saying earlier about like the whole art being an extension of yourself yeah like i try and i don't know i try and just have no barriers i think and between me and like what i'm playing yeah i i try to take the same approach and because of that though is like why i get so nervous right you know, it's right. inherent but there's a quote i love from uh edward norton where he said like like the antivirus edward norton or no, right, no uh, the actor edward norton i'm a dumbass <laughs> yeah he was like on a podcast and he said the uh the sensation of danger of um of disaster is inherent in most great things right so like feeling like super like oh th- is this good enough uh, this isn't good like this That's is gonna- just being an artist yeah yeah questioning whether you're good enough it, but it's like also if you weren't doing something worthwhile if it felt safe then that wouldn't be a good sign mm-hmm you know, it, it should feel like you're going out on like a you're limb. pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's like growth. Like you remember when you were a kid and your bones were getting longer and it fucking hurt. Yeah, my knees used to pop all the time. It's like, what is going on? Your dad's like, you're getting big. Yeah, you experience more of that than me because you're much taller than me. I'm only six foot tall. I don't oh, really? Super, yeah, I don't think that's super tall. I'm like five foot two, so I'm just loud, I think. Maybe you're maybe only five foot two. No, I'm five five eight. I was gonna quarters. say there's no way you're five foot two. Like that one took a second. It's like I was standing down in the basement and I don't remember towering over you. Yeah, my guitar is taller than me when I stand up next to me. <laughs> no, oh I'm uh, I'm five eight and three quarters, which is like the most insecure thing to say. Right, like five, eight and three quarters. Just say five eight, dude. I feel like there's nothing wrong with five eight. I sound like I'm twelve wishes. saying. Oh yeah, I don't give. A, the only thing is, like when I go to shows, I wish I was taller so that right. I could see over people. I like that. I feel like six foot. Like I could maybe I could be in the blue man group. You know. <laughs> they I all tall? I, they're all like six foot like on the dot so i don't i might be a little bit too short and too where tall i know i'm from? a little bit over but yes uranus like i mean oh where are they from like yeah. the characters i can't say no I'm, i like, mean like where i mean the people i guess like i don't know wherever where dude they all audition <laughs> i was just watching something about this yesterday like wait all, really they're not just the same people no they have there's like i'm pretty sure there's like several i mean i don't know this for a fact but i'm pretty sure there's like several casts around the country blue I man think. collective because i think there's like a blue man group that always plays in vegas like all the time i don't know though i don't know and i'm talking in my ass right now but the one thing i do know is that their interview is done all with the eyes Wait, they like basically like you have to communicate something with only like your eyes. That's their interviews. That's how they interview people. They give them like a topic to communicate with just their eyes. And like if they fuck up, like a lot of people like catch themselves. Like they'll be like, 
oh wait let me restart like i fucked up and then they'll be like get out of here you like blue man group the blue man group because they don't talk on stage they just hit drums and look their eyes actually fred armison was talking about this this is a whole new thing fred armison was a backup drummer for the blue man group what (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine dude (laughs) i swear to god fred armison he talks about that's how i know all of this is because i heard it from fred armison like you got asked to play Bloodfest. imagine being asked to drum for the blue man group dude (laughs) i would do it i don't even play drums i'd be like yep i could figure this out that'd be a kind of cool job i don't know it'd be nice i think any job where you get to like play music every day must be neat like yeah that's my goal dude right i mean it's it's a lot of our goals depressing to wake up in the fucking same bed every day if you don't like being stagnant yeah um i don't know i mean i'm a late bloomer but i realized when i realized that i have to do this in order to be happy and now feels good to you be can't like working towards yourself it. yeah there's no point in like i don't know that's kind of like a big part of why i like stopped going to school when i did and uh at eastern because i was like in a degree that just wasn't yeah. gonna be it and i knew like the maximum like the only outcomes i saw was number one i got that degree and i didn't use it ever which was then just a stupid accumulation of debt yeah or i got that degree and i like worked in that like teaching music for like five years and then like would be burnt out as hell and not want to do that anymore. And I'm like, why would I lie to myself? I don't know. But now I'm sitting here two years later, like, wow, maybe I should go back to school or maybe I should just like Jack Kerouac across the country and do fucking nothing. I I mean, it's, it's something though. Like, I think, you know, the best thing you could possibly do is figure out what you want to do with your life and like, just go for it. Be honest with yourself. Like if you want to play music, then you just, I think the biggest question is just knowing what you want in general, I'd say. yeah. Like, the biggest question that ever cut through my head was just someone asking me what I want out of life and sort of assessing afterwards. Yeah, I still don't know. At the time, I was just like, fuck, I think I quoted Captain Jazz to this person. And (laughs) I was just like, I just want to want to. But um, really, I... Who's to say... Yeah, I just want to like connect with people, play music, and see the world because of it. You know, I think if there's one thing I want to do is like if I can make someone else's like hellish existence slightly less shitty, cool. Yeah, even if it's like some kid in 15 years who like listens to a song I wrote and is like, wow, like yeah. has the connection that I got out of like stupid mineral songs when I was 19 or whatever. Um, I think that would kind of like that's all I could really ask for. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, that'd be, like, so surreal. Like, I want to put out, hopefully, in a year, I'll have two records that I've put out. I don't want to nice. talk out my ass before I put them out too much. But yeah, like, I made that mistake before. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I want to make something that somebody can really connect with, I think. Yeah. I mean, everybody does, you know what I mean? Right. It's... But it's, I don't know. Not not everyone, say, not I don't know if everyone does. It. Why everyone does? I think everyone has different reasons for doing this. Yeah, like I think true. some people just want to make something that sounds pretty, and can you blame them? Like no, we need nothing wrong with that. Pretty sounding stuff, and but also like it'll still connect with people regardless. of Yeah, but it also is it a bowl of fruit painting? You know? Yeah. Okay. Like that's how I feel about like overly technical music a lot of the times. Because when I was in school, I saw these kids that were analogy. like. I saw these kids that were amazing, amazing musicians. They could play technically any sheet music you put in front of them, you know? Yeah. But, like, it wasn't until I started playing the punk shows that I saw people, like, 
bleed and cry on stage. Yeah. Shout out Sean Shepard. Dude, sometimes I fucking like have to fight back tears and stuff when I'm playing and it's so Oh, shitty. I used to at Tequila Deer shows make myself, especially when we were playing like the late station a lot, I would like make my, I'd have bloody knees at the end of like every show. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I used to view it as like a rite of passage. I was like proud of it. I was like, all right, if I didn't bleed, I didn't go hard enough during wow. the set. Because I mean, T Deer is like punk stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing with Inner Daydream. I'm like, all right, this is the band where I'm going to learn how to stand still and play bass <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I gotta pause real quick. I gotta go to the bathroom. No sweat. I might get here i'm gonna start talking about this i think so what you just said would be was uh about like if i'm having a new band on the podcast having like a 30 minute segment like shorter segments where it's more like focused and like, right i think Whether you like, have like the same questions every time or want to be it. yeah and that's, think, that's sort of like the casual conversation stuff works well when it's like one person yeah see like i i try to purposely avoid it because then i would get burnt out doing this yeah right so like i leave it up to the bands to like i i I trust that like that yeah that they're they're whoever's listening to it is going to either know their origin Mm -hmm. or whatever or the people listening to them for the first time will like their personalities and want to learn about them but for me it's like i have to keep it what i want it to be or else you just won't want to do it. Yeah, and like the whole point of it is to be like I'm genuinely curious about things. Right, like, right. If I was just reading from a script, I would just be like, I mean, I get burnt out as it is, dude. Like sometimes it's I can't get too. myself up to talk, and I'm like, I have everything scheduled, but like it's a social thing, and you're not always feeling social. Yeah, you know. I mean, I work at a coffee shop, and I'm an introvert, so like every day is like, oh my god, I gotta get out of bed and go talk to people. Yeah. Fuck. I've definitely had times where I just canceled because I was straight up like, hey, you know, I'm not going to be in a good, like, sociable mood today. Yeah. Right. That's got to be tough. People understand. I don't like I was listening to one of your episodes recently and I was like, how does he go on without saying um for so long? I don't think my brain can like process without throwing little filler words. (laughs) It's like like, I feel like I I, I listened to the tequila episode and I was like, how many times did I say um? It's like the verbal equivalent of like the spinny windows wheel. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're like loading every five seconds. Windows 95 <laughs> is crashing. <laughs> windows 95 smoked too much weed and it can't figure out the word <laughs> syntax now. So Wow. I never, like, I don't really think about uh, how much I say um. I never really thought about it. For you to point it out that I sometimes Now you're going to fuck up and start saying it all the time. It's like that episode of Bob's Burgers. It's like the episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda's like, Bob, how do you flip a burger? And he forgets because he thinks about it. Like the SpongeBob episode where he like forgets how to tie his shoes and then everything goes fucking wrong. What's your name? Fork on the left? (laughs) I think about that all the time. I think about Sponge I think SpongeBob has weaved its way into the mind of every person under twenty. My number one cartoon of all. Not under thirty, probably under thirty. That was like the best. Like me and my sister can quote SpongeBob back and forth all day long. Hell yeah. It's a weird thing to have. Sometimes she'll, I'll be thinking of a SpongeBob quote randomly and she'll, and she'll, she'll text it, it to me. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. That's like some sort of spiritual connection you have over SpongeBob. We've had a lot of different things SpongeBob. that are like that with me and my sister. And we're very close. So right. it kind of like, kind of, uh, you know, it's just thought provoking. I took a class at U of M that kind of talked about those things. And like if there's any scientific, uh, you know, legitimacy potentially do you want a sticker by the way fuck yeah i just realized i had this sticker when we were talking about stickers earlier oh sweet yeah you know how uh, the way i'm at the first interaction i mean probably not the first interaction i ever had but one of the first interactions i remember with pat ray 
um, was that he came up to me and handed me a swordfish sticker, and he was like, hey, listen to my band. <laughs> Pat Ray was, okay, he wasn't a swordfish though, right? No, no, okay. no, that's a joke. Listen to my band. Okay. Dude, he's such a fucking joker, dude. I love, that's great, it's great. So the episode with Pat Ray, that was like the first time we really even had any sort of a conversation. Yeah. Like, I had hit him up randomly online when it I was first like trying to find shows. It sounds like y'all are best friends in that episode. It, it's cool, it was really cool, like, it was just like, a constant bit and it's like you, we just like fed off each other's energy the entire yeah. time it's like oh you're you fuck around too you should have like, added yeah. like a bunch of like really cringy like <laughs> like sound effects throughout the whole thing like slapstick sound effects <laughs> yeah go back and like re-edit it with like yeah. laugh track Brian I feel like you could also do like did you ever listen to like uh, Prairie Home Companion when you were Mm-mm. when it was on the air with Garrison Keeler. Prairie Home Companion is like, I don't know, I used to listen to it with my family over dinner, over Italian. Is it like a radio show? Yeah, it's like a radio show from like Minnesota, I think. I don't know though, I don't remember anything that was in it as far as content, but I just remember a lot of Southern people talking like this and they'd go on and just say the darndest things and we was really long run. run-on sentences for no reason other than the fact that they wanted to. It was basically the like Good a Lord long put radio. us on the earth another day. <laughs> it was like a long radio extension. You know the song uh, Alice's Restaurant that you always hear on Thanksgiving? Uh-uh. You get me a thing you want. It just rambles on for like 50 minutes. I feel like minutes. you have way more knowledge probably about my like southern family roots than i even i was born in dallas actually oh really yeah i only lived there till i was three half my family my dad's side descend from west virginia and like it's like you know what's fucked up down there you know what the most i mean there's a lot of fucked up have eyes bro like there's a lot of fucked up stuff down there but the weirdest thing to me the weirdest thing to me is that they call all soda coke like that's fucking you got on there and you're like can i get a coke they're like what kind yeah they don't mean like cherry or diet or fucking zero they mean like what kind of soda do you want like like call it pop please yeah it's like it's like if i went to fucking like mcdonald's and i was like can i get a big mac and they were like what kind and they give you fries here you go here's your big mac can i get a bud light what kind yeah (laughs) it's ridiculous it's it's really call it it pop yeah yeah yeah. southerners Southerners listening to this Number one, move. Cut the, cut the conservative flag shit. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, that's so cringy, dude. It's like the equivalent of waving a Nazi flag around in Germany. But number two, um, call it pop. That's yeah. all I have to say to y'all. See, like, when I see Confederate flags, I'm like, hey, get a personality, dude. Like, right. be original. You know what like, I want to see, actually, is like Southern hardcore, but not racists making Southern hardcore. Norma I mean, Jean? like some queer kid who's, wait, is that a thing already? Yeah, Norma Jean. Oh, hardcore. God, how have I slept on Norma Jean? They're so fucking good. You don't uh-huh. want to listen to Norma Jean? I'll listen to them on the ride home. Okay. Yeah, you like hardcore. You like every time I, I mean, die. They play, or... Didn't they play Bloodfest? Yeah. Dude, I'll give you. If you like hardcore music, I'll definitely you, see. I like. Gene, dude. I like like Deftones and like Scrams, like Page mm-hmm. Ninety Nine and like Satia. I don't know. I'll give you. I'll send you a song on Spotify to listen on your way home for Norma Jean. Mm-hmm. And if if you don't like that, then you won't like Norma Jean. But if you like that, you'll you'll realize how awesome they are. But but fucking they're such a fun live show the guy from uh at Bloodfest when foxing played he was like the singer was like hey uh who was your guys's favorite set mine was norma jean like they're yeah but they're like these southern dudes i still cannot believe 
the day after that Fusion birthday show last year, Foxing came, which, like, getting to play that was so much fun. Yeah, that must have been... I'm, but, I'm still waiting for my moment, my surreal pinch-me moment right. to happen, you know? If, I mean, once it happens, then you're like, now what? But, yeah, um, well, recording with Nick is kind of like that, but... Oh, well, that would be one for me, absolutely. But I'm just paying for that. Right. You know? True. But still, like, he's not going to let you put out a But it still band. is amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I'd say... Um, what was I gonna say? You playing with Foxing and playing with Oh, the next day they came through my Starbucks. I yeah, was like holy shit! I did called, you did you talk to them? Like I didn't. I mean, a little bit. I like first thing I did was call my best friend because like or like my friend like we worked together and so I was like holy fuck, I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. And yeah. then um I did go talk to them after a while. We were throwing away a bunch of instant coffee at the time that was like mm. out of season or whatever. And so I like gave them all these like instant pumpkin spice lattes. Like, hey, look, take them here on the road. Like, I love you guys. I played with you guys. Check out my demo. <laughs> I felt like such a dork, but I was like, it was nice because like I mean I've like gotten to play with so many people at this point that like it's harder for me to geek out. I, I think. have a question. What? So like when you're playing a show and it's one of those like bigger shows and you happen to be on a bill with one of the a, a right, band right, like that, right. what is. Do they generally hang out? Do you interact with them, or is it more uh, just the cool? Is it cool to really. just like say that? I mean, like it depends, because like, like what's your experience? There's been shows where like this? playing with Doglog was a cool thing for me before, but then mm-hmm. there's also been like playing with Foxing or like Remo Drive. Um, I don't really like see them hanging out. I don't know. I, the only shows I've played with like big big bands have been more like festivals. Yeah, or, like there's like 13 bands playing. Right, right. Um, but like opening for Remo Drive at Max Bar with Rest, we. I, I didn't really see him beforehand. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't really speak on that that much. Yeah, I was more just curious, like, yeah, like, if, if there were certain bands that hung out. I think that once people start hitting the road that much, they kind of need to, like you were saying about getting burnt out. Yeah. Like, obviously, making as many genuine connections as you can is a good thing, but I'd imagine if I was on the road for, like, a month and I had a tour van or whatever to, like, hide inside of, I might do that a lot. Yeah. I think I would be the type, like, if I well, reached I mean, a, like that I would, I would, I'm such a geek, like, I would, if people were actually interested in talking to me, like, yeah, coming up to me and talking to me about songs, I would want to do it. I almost would more be the type to kind of uh, get to a new city and then just dart and find a coffee shop. I mean, I've done that already, like, yeah, uh, that's kind of, like, my favorite thing when I get to a new place is to sort of, like, go on a walk and get, like, an experience of, like, oh, this is what this town is like. Yeah, dude. Like, Chicago, I love just getting lost in Chicago. Yeah, like, I've gotten to tour parts. through Chicago twice now. And like one of my number one, one of the most fucking amazing sights to me, you know, just as a nineteen year old on tour for the first time, was just seeing like the skyline come up as we were pulling in. Like we drove into Chicago at the nighttime. Oh, it's so sweet, dude! And just seeing that, being nineteen years old, like looking out the window of my van at, at skyline coming up on the horizon was just That's like one of those like movie moments for me. You yeah, know? and it was like, oh fuck, I'm out on the road with my shitty punk band. See, and I want to like, feel that every time I go to a new city, dude. It's great. I met like it's fantastic. Um, I want to get back out on the road. Like, I'm glad we're doing this little weekend and shit because it's like just such a nice escape from life and all. Yeah, that um, it's officially booked too. So I'll say real quick, like we're doing a weekender with Pretoria on march 27th in grand rapids at the diamond house and then the next day in kalamazoo at greenhouse with uh now with real humans they're a really cool band too they're on the podcast real humans now now with really dude they, they speaking of before? bits like they were so what did they use before? uh oh like before they had humans? real humans <laughs> uh rep, reptilians just horse meat 
Yeah. But like Pretoria's blown up. I don't know if you ever listened to them. I have not, but I am excited to get to know them. Yeah, they had a single come out that just like blew up. It got on a playlist. You know how songs like Yeah. I know playlist. I've listened yeah. to playlist. Well, you know, like I didn't realize this though, but like if people add your song to a playlist, like they get fed into the algorithm and then all of a sudden it's go they're they get put they on more and more. People to the algorithm. So no, like if you get what people to add your song to like their playlist, the more people add your song i've heard that if it gets added to like oh. certain playlists it'll the spotify algorithm will feed it to like different other playlists suggested yeah other playlists and things like that which i didn't realize maybe but, like once people start liking something more people will like it. well yeah but the fact that is that like normally that's word of mouth no, but it's yeah it's like built around. you're fucking with me so hard and it's working <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been fucking with you this entire time but like no that works, i'll though. flip on the switch and start just fucking with that's people. a better way to do it though too because then you're really gonna get them because they're not gonna expect it right well sometimes i'm not expecting it myself <laughs> right i'm like i guess this is a thing i'm doing out of boredom uh what else what do you talk about on these things uh, uh we talked about pat ray we talked about dogleg and mineral uh talk about tanner's the best voice and diy is what i'm told um so i don't know come uh what are you um looking forward to the most about like maybe playing with my band versus like some other stuff that you've done before like how do you view it and um in terms of like where it's gonna fit with you creatively i think it like gives me a chance to sort of like if like sort of change how I play bass almost, or at least work like improve how I play bass more, having someone else's like thing that's already made yeah. to sort of improve my technique on and the parts I like play or write for. Cause it's like, it's a very different animal to sort of like play my own music versus playing someone else's music. I yeah. think. And like with what I would consider my own music, I want to be as sort of like, Number one, natural as possible. So I think playing in other projects sort of refines that a little yeah. bit. It like gives me like, like I don't know. It's like if you were playing like this is really really shitty analogy, but this is what my brain's giving me right now. It's like <laughs> imagine you played like G- some video game where like somebody had gotten to like level a hundred, right? Okay, and like you ran, but it was like still like an open world thing. Ah, uh, like I see what you ran around with their Skyrim character. And like you fuck shit up, and but obviously you're still gonna play like their Skyrim characters playing style, yeah. and then you went back to your like level like you five incorporate parts of it, yeah, and you're like, oh wow, well this is a thing I didn't know I could do before. And then I think also the thing I like about getting like opportunities to play with like a variety of different projects, like like I was saying about like Ship and Sail earlier, I love when mm-hmm. I get to like play trumpet parts with them. If I started like a hundred bands, I don't think any of them would sound like Ship and Sail. Oh, that might be different now, but like a year ago, if I started a hundred bands, none of them would sound like Ship and Sail. Right. So like, I think it sort of like, you know, gets you out of just your own sort of bubble, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyways, though, I'm also excited to play with Noah because Noah's one hell of a fucking drummer. Yeah, he's a beast. I've been wanting to start a band with Noah for a while now. Um. So that'll be fun. Yeah, he's definitely a beast. He's fun to play with. Right. I also just realized that I have like a bit of a um <laughs> like a bug for playing shows. Like I love playing even if it's just like to like ten people like on yeah. a weekday. Like I would just rather be playing a show than sitting in my apartment. So like I realize there's been times where I like overbook projects. 
Because, yeah. like, Tequila Deer and I were trying to work on this. Like, we got this EP recorded. And uh, so we, like, don't have any shows booked on the radar for me, which is, like, or for Tequila Deer, which is, like, for me, a very, like, uh-oh, like, what's yeah, next right, right, now? Right. Even though I know we're going to have shows in a couple months again and, like, with a with new music out, which is going to be a really good feeling, but it will be, like, I don't know. I just like know if I had it my way, I would book a show like every fucking night, and everyone yeah. would be like, "Dude, stop!" Like, right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's definitely a danger that you don't want to slip into. Like right. That. So having a, a extra projects just sort of helps me uh, fuel my addiction for uh, I don't know attention. I hate just the energy attention. probably too. Just like probably I probably the energy probably actually the like sort of cathartic release and yeah, sort of escape. expression that I get from it, but probably actually the attention subconsciously <laughs> i don't know what i want man well that's pretty open-ended we should just leave it there i think we just I, had, we just if had, like, you had three things to say to your listeners like mantras for life what would you say um if i one thank you very much i'm, full, it's, it's, I'm yeah but i'm gratitude. talking about like three oh like ways of to advice. live your life I mean, like, stay in school, don't do drugs. Oh, okay. That kind of stuff. Find, figure out what it is you want to do. Figure out how to, you're going to do it and then start taking action to do those things. That's pretty good ones. I would say, lesson to mineral, number one. <laughs> um, number two. Uh, oh, intermittent Jesus. fasting. No, intermittent <laughs> fasting. I don't do that on purpose. Number two, go to therapy if you need to. If you're not that's ready yet, one. that's okay. You'll be ready someday, hopefully. Number three would be drink more Ovaltine. And that's all the time we have for today. For this today. podcast brought to you by... That was by the worst ending ever, Spencer. Ovaltine.